the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Welcome to the USL show expanded edition. Um, I am. Uh, oh, real quick. Thanks for Roughneck Scarves for sponsoring this. Your home for MLS USL Scarves. Uh, Scarves for your personal need club use. Go check them out. RoughneckScarves.com. Also, uh, thank you to BGN.FM and the uh, the indomitable Mike Sparks for uh, putting this together. Um, still somehow, for some reason, at some point. BGN.FM. Check out the 900 podcasts that are on there. Uh, I'm your host, as always, uh, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger, slinging it, baby, uh, Evan Blella, joined by a, a litany of people that sometimes talk to me um, in no particular order. Uh, everyone's favorite grad student, Ryan Allen's here. Yeah, it's going well, just getting back from fall break and wish it was longer. Mm. Mm, yeah, I know that feeling. Um, everyone's favorite, uh, I don't know, <laughs> blooming alcoholic ponies here. See, they're too like gone from that one. And I'm not sure why you chose me. <laughs> uh, well, because you're you're usually here. There's a method to my madness. Okay, okay, uh, see how it's going to be. Yep. <clears throat> the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee, potential roommate in January, Phil Grimms. Ooh. Gonna hang out. How about it? Maybe with uh, two or three other people on this podcast. Maybe. I hope. I hope. Potentially. Speaking of two or three other people in this podcast, joining us from League One Fun, they got promoted. Mm. No. <laughs> don't, don't do it that way. <laughs> you you might know him as as Home Sweet Soccer. I know him as a constant thorn in my side and thrower of shade. Also, fellow statesman Jason Weintraub's here. I don't know if you can hear this. I don't have intro music today, so instead, all my alcoholics knows what's up. (laughs) Drinking those rocks, baby. And the, um, I don't know, most normal out of all of us, potentially. (laughs) Um, You guys guys do not know me very well if you think that I'm normal. (laughs) No, 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 No. that's not what I said. I said out of all of us, uh, most, mostly because your introduction hasn't just evolved into talking about alcohol. So uh, that's Ira. Ira's here. Hey, glad to be here. First time on the show. You. Long time yeah, Patreon support. I, I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, uh, we're all here because playoff season is fastly upon us, if not already upon us, I guess, for, for you League One folks. Um, so let's talk some League One, I suppose. You're not in the playoffs? Wow. Couldn't be me. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Couldn't be you. Playoff soccer over here, baby. Mm. Yeah, wait, is USL, is the, is the championship the only league that's not in the playoffs right now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, weird. Why? 
Well, because MLS shortened their season to uh, uh, for the international breaks, yeah. so yeah, yeah, um, yeah, okay. So basically, the the playoffs basically go in between international breaks and then the finals after That's the right. international. Break. I forgot I was mad about that. NWSL aren't in the playoffs yet. They have their final weekend this Saturday. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. Although it seems like most of their playoff teams have already been wrapped up with the courage leading the way currently, but they currently are not in their playoffs. Hmm. Okay. And Nisa just started. <laughs> well, we're, we're talking about leagues. Who, who is she? <laughs> right. We're talking about real leagues over yeah. here. <laughs> uh, so, Ira and Jason, I know you already did this tonight, even, but uh, how are things going in League One? Uh, what's, what's the happening? If y'all could just tell me real quick who's on top of that league and then mention maybe a podcaster who happens to be on the show who might have predicted that at the beginning of the season, that would be really great. Yeah, listen, we got to give credit where credit's due. And, yep. you know, Ira at the beginning of the season. <laughs> good, man. Good, man. good man. Good man. I knew it. And I, I, believe, I believe actually my prediction was that Chattanooga Red Wolves would sneak into the playoffs and then win the uh, the cup by one goal in each of the semis and finals. But no, North Texas SC, the second team for FC Dallas, top of the table, called by Evan yeah, a hi. very long time ago. Talk your stuff, Evan. Talk your stuff. <laughs> um, hey, man, I... Bought in the uh, Hades hype over Ronaldo Damas like a while ago. And, and you're 100% right. Uh, it wasn't just him, no. to be honest. But uh, if anyone uh, listening or just people in general know a lot about FC Dallas, they have a pretty decent academy. It's not as good as it was a couple years ago, but they have a pretty good academy. And I figured putting them in USL League One would do a lot better than uh, – Orlando City uh, B, and it, it did. So one thing that I, I have to say as we go into these playoffs is when you look at, at – so North Texas has only had six losses all season, only one at home. But the other playoff teams contributed four of those six losses. Interesting. So, so one of the things is, is that the cream has risen to the top. And I think that that's an important thing to remember is that, you know, you had this 28 game regular season where it was a little bit of an unbalanced schedule because some teams played each other three times, some, sure. some four times and, and, you know, the home and away legs were not, were not fair even either. But nonetheless, like, like any of these teams can beat the other team. So pony, you know, a long time ago, when we finally had when North Texas actually lost the game, they you know showed the wheel of how everyone had beaten everyone else in in USL yes, League right. One. But in in particular, I think it's you know the teams at the top here are any of them can win. Quite frankly, I mean you know we might have our favorites, but on any given day, any of these teams can beat, yeah, beat the others. Graphic specialist Ryan with that with that chart pony just likes to be sassy and drink, so he's not. Oh, My apologies. <laughs> That's okay. I, I got two different Gomez's wrong today. I got their mm, mm. backward on our pods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, let's let's stay there because I think while North Texas has been kind of the surprise story of the year, Ford Madison has made um, <laughs> a bigger cultural impact on everybody than we expected i don't know the they're really country. good at social media and people like them a lot yep. um so so my son actually is now yeah. a forward madison supporter he's 15 years old he doesn't have a social media account anywhere but he watched you. one of the matches with me 
I know exactly. <laughs> he, watched, he watched one of the matches with me, and he's like, "What are they doing?" I'm like, "Well, they're making like flamingo noises while the other team's taking yes. a free kick and stuff." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "That's awesome." He's like, "I'm like, what's the name of their supporters group?" And it's like, "The Flock." And the, and so he's like, "I love yeah. them." <laughs> yeah. To be fair, uh, I don't know how I went this long without knowing that that uh, grown <laughs> adults. Uh, make flamingo noises in the Amazing. soccer game to distract the other team uh, because that's like my new favorite game. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's good. It's really good. <laughs> I mean, I did see it uh, and actually Ford Madison's I, oh, their social media game is so good. But uh, their, their guy in the box found someone uh, taking a, a video or photo of their supporters group and zoomed in on them. <laughs> So will they win this game? I don't know. That's why Jason and I are right here, but they win our hearts and my money. They want my money. <laughs> I mean, what was impressive about all the league one sides is that not, none of them had a losing streak this year that stretched over four games. And that was forward Madison who had that longest losing streak. Everyone else has been incredibly consistent with wins. Mm. Mm, including consistently. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking about it. Aren't you at the playoff team? The playoff yeah. team. There we go. Yeah. Okay. All right. yeah. I was gonna say because OCB went for I want to yeah, say yeah. There've been nine twenty more teams, and I actually think OCB would lose 2013 Antigua. <laughs> yeah. hey, 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 that was so uncalled for. Don't do Antigua like that. That was <laughs> yeah, way uncalled yeah, for. Has to How come dare you? Bench and score How a goal for a lot of Yeah, I don't even know if he's actually. I like haven't seen him on any of the broadcasts. I Great. Is there any staff at this club anymore? No. No, uh, okay. we've reached out to them. We've tried <laughs> to get like, there's nobody there. And then like, right. if you go look at their Twitter account, it's literally right. like the, Hey, we have to do this sort of league's going to find us. Here's <laughs> our, here's our lineup. Here's what the score was. It doesn't even tell you like who scored or like right. no kind of reviews. It's just, here you go. Here's the bare minimum. Just calling it in. Well, Jason, we were talking about forward Madison. Why don't you uh, kind of preview that playoff game against North Texas? Maybe give yeah. us some things to watch for him. So there, this is going to be an interesting matchup because Ford is coming in, like Ira was saying, probably the hottest team right now in the league. Um, they have been able to pretty much shut down everyone defensively, including Lansing last week, um, who, you know, prior to that Ford game, had won, hadn't, hadn't lost a game in three months mm-hmm. or something crazy like that. Um, and so Ford has been able to do that, and they've been able to – hold every I don't think they've had a team score multiple goals against them since July or something crazy like that so it's one of those things to where we we talk a lot about about Ford's offense because they have so much talent on that team but their defense has really sharpened up um Ira's boy Omsberg is one of the reasons uh he's come down from Minnesota United and has really just been a lockdown in that central back role also um um, Connor Tobin, USL favorite, Turbo Time. He's been locking it down to leads the league in clearances. Um, they're just a great duo. Uh, but one thing that Ford does is their abilities for their right back and their left back to get forward is important for their attack. What it does is it spreads the field and they're able to then over uh, crowd one side and then switch the ball over or put it into the middle to where they have different players with different set of skills that can go all over. So what Ford has done is they don't really have a target striker. They have guys and Don Smart, Paulo Jr., J.C. Banks, Josiel Nunez. They can all play at different positions and all be on the offensive attack. 
So what happens is they'll get the ball overcrowded on one side, and then they'll put that middle ball into J.C. Banks, who holds it up and does a one-two pass with Paulo Jr., Don Smart. And now all of a sudden they're on the break, and because they have all these guys on offense who can play in different positions, it's really hard to mark them. So then all of a sudden you have your right back coming forward and Carter Manley, who's been incredible when he gets forward sending in crosses. And then it, they're just a they're just a hassle to deal with, and that's what they've been doing. And they don't score; they haven't scored a lot, right? I don't think they've had a double or more than one goal scored in a game since uh, July 31st. So it's not like they're putting up multiple goals, but they are doing just enough to get those 1-0 wins. Um, and you can see they did that to North Texas as early as September uh, a couple weeks ago in the 22nd. So that's something to look for is. Will North Texas allow Ford to get on the break? Because that's when Ford is at their best. And then when you look at the opposite end of it, North Texas, easily the best passing team in the league, easily the best chemistry. They've got a system where they've been rotating players. And I myself thought, like, this is a bad idea. You're going to ruin the chemistry. But I guess because that academy is so good, they can plug in anybody and it works, right? So they have two of the best three strikers in the league and Ronaldo Damas and Ricardo Pepe. And then last week, you know, or the last game of the season, they're putting up people up top who barely played up top all year. So they don't have Damas or Pepe, and they still are winning 3-1 and, and convincingly showing that they're the best team in the league. So the key for Ford is to stop that chemistry, stop that passing, right? And Ford did a good job against that last week with Lansing, uh, just disrupting their chemistry by pressing a lot and that's what you have to do against these kids you press them you foul them you don't allow them to start connecting passes in the midfield uh you be physical and i think ford is up to that it's going to be on the guys like eric leonard and jc banks to really show that physicality uh but that's ford's best chance of stopping north texas because if north texas starts stringing more than five to six passes together it's going to end up being an attack on goal because that's just how fluid and that's just how consistent they are mm. Pretty solid. The, uh, <laughs> go for it. No, no, pretty solid. Lots of information there. Um, Ira, I think you were going to kind of talk about the other semifinal game, Lansing versus Greenville. Uh, why don't you get us started there? Yeah, First so, question, is it that Greenville? It is Greenville, oh. South Carolina in the oh. upstate, as it's known. Uh, it is coached by none other than Coach John Harks. Oh, hey. So someone we know. Uh, so Greenville tends to get Greenville's what uh, is the best defensive team in the league. So Greenville has uh, the Golden Glove winner in Dallas J. He's actually a Guamese international. So he was actually he missed only one match this entire season, and that was to head out to the Pacific Rim to play in World Cup qualifying um, games. Unfortunately, that they they lost both of, but he did start and he did play. Um, the back line is made up of some U.S championship veterans and uh so guys like uh tyler Pollock and uh um uh, kevin Pollitz, who you know have championship experience and they're just solid and locked down most games so um you know it'll be the, the trick that lansing will have to look for is how do they break down a very compact very um very strong defense the um yeah, so 22 – thank you, Ryan. So Ryan reminds me that they only conceded 22 goals uh, all season. So uh, so Harks, Harks 
challenge will be who's the score. So one of the players that was getting a lot of their goals, I think he he was actually at one point tied for the golden boot lead about halfway through the season, but Jake Keegan was their number nine. He was pretty good at finding spaces for some of the other players to cross into. Uh, it actually became kind of a meme on our show at, that uh, that Greenville loved to cross the ball. So they would cross the ball like 22, 25 times a match and maybe connect on three, but one of those might be would probably be a good chance at a goal. But Jake Keegan got injured and had surgery on his foot. So now it's the question, and that, this was only a few weeks ago, so now the question is where are they going to get their goals from? And the last two weeks they haven't been able to find the back of the net, and I think that that's a little bit troubling, and, and they'll have to really work on how they're going to adjust to a Lansing team who – it has a different style where where Greenville likes to sit back and kind of break on the counter. Uh, Lansing is a very pressing team, so Lansing will come out and try and disrupt uh, disrupt passing lanes and try and intercept the ball in dangerous areas and then uh, press forward. So Lansing has uh, was on a tear, like Jason mentioned. They the last time that they lost a game before the one nil loss uh, to forward this past weekend was back on June 29th. Um, so they went basically three full months without um, uh, w- with without a loss. They, uh, they they have you know they played Greenville three times already this season. It's it's you know it's a very tactical matchup, and I think you'll have to watch out for the pretty potent attack, quite frankly, of Lansing. So you have guys like Tumi Moshabana. You have uh, a right back named Nick Moon, who um, is was probably the second best attacking right back in the league this season. I think Jay agree with me on that. There's one guy from South Georgia that that might be better, um, but these these. The, the attack can be very potent if they win in, if they get in transition. Uh, if you give them the ball, like the way that forward Madison beat Lansing was forward just gave um, Lansing the ball, and Lansing's buildup play is not as effective as their press. So if if that's how Greenville decides to play, tries to give Lansing the ball, then and you know basically Greenville has to hope to to win on uh, on a counter and and score on a, a goal on a counter and if they do that then then that's how Greenville wins Lansing wins because they just you know probably just come at Greenville time and time again and and one of those or two of those goes in but it should be a it should be a really really fun and tactical match to watch we have a lot and of are, yeah go and there have been uh, 14 multi goal games from Lansing this year which is incredibly impressive although uh they have yet to defeat greenville in the regular season as you said earlier in the pod it's been uh two draws and one win for greenville although that greenville win came back at the start of the season yeah one thing to look for is i don't think they've played greenville in forever right their last time they played greenville was in like yeah june 15th yeah june 15th so it's really hard yeah it'd be interesting to see what both coaches do coach nate miller definitely someone who both coaches actually definitely coaches who like to change tactics based off of how the game is going. I don't even know if you can go back and look at film from the games they played before because the teams have changed so much. Now Greenville doesn't have Keegan. Lansing is starting two strikers up top in Pato and Elma N4 that they weren't starting probably in June. So it's one of those things to where this is going to be a game. I think that the first 10 minutes is going to be a real chess match, uh, tactical kind of a thing and see who kind of gives in first. Is Lansing going to go ahead and say, look, we're just going to go ahead and throw people up there. We're going to press or are they still going to try to stay a little intact and see if Greenville will be the first ones to make a move? And since that June 15th uh, meeting, you know, Lansing's only lost twice, including their, one of those was just last week against Ford Madison. But then prior to that, it was June 29th against North Texas. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, Lansing's been very the most consistent team in the second half of the season for sure, and and by far. So they they came up with this three five two that they play. They play with a holding midfielder in front of their back three, and the, the guy to look out for is going to be Grant Stoneman, who kind of plays uh, left center back, and they, they tend to leave their their left channel pretty open. So watch him in one on ones uh, when uh, if there's any big switches that Greenville that Greenville makes because I think that can potentially be a weak spot but Grant Stoneman has been a very consistent strong attacking presence in the uh, on the back line of Lansing over the over the course of the second half of the season for sure yeah and I'll jump in to say for the North Texas um, Ford game I think the two players to watch for one for North Texas being Arturo Rodriguez someone that we haven't brought up yet and we definitely should have because he's easily yeah, how do we get this far into a league yeah, one I don't know how we did but easily the league MVP and if anyone has anything different to say I'll fight them in front of their whole family because you're wrong wow. um, he just I mean he's he's incredible on both sides of the balls he has the most assists in the league most chances created most duels won most tackles won he's just incredible and you can tell it's like putting somebody from the NBA in a YMCA pickup game and he's definitely in MLS next season I have no doubt in my mind and so because of that he is able to create chances and really be the offensive pivot to help you know North Texas keep that fluidity in their offense and so he's definitely the player to watch for because despite who's up on top right like Ronaldo Damas might not be playing because he got called up to the Haitian national team Mm -hmm. Pepe hasn't played with North Texas for weeks because he's been on the bench for FC Dallas, who doesn't really have anyone off the bench they can bring in to help their attack. So, you know, we don't know who's going to be up top. Pepe might come back. He might be a little lost because he hasn't played in a while and they don't have that chemistry. So a lot of it's going to go on Arturo Rodriguez, and he's definitely someone to watch. Let me let me just say one last thing on Arturo Rodriguez. So I interviewed for the, for the League One Fund podcast uh, Eric Quill, who's the coach of North Texas, and he hinted basically that Arturo was in talks to go get an MLS contract, similar to Ricardo Pepe. And he's one of the few players I think that you can you could say, you know, how is he not playing in MLS right now? Because he is a, a very very technical and uh, and intelligent player and and he if, if he was not on that team i they probably still would have made the playoffs but i'm not sure that they would have you know been in a in a home uh playoff position in the first round yeah and another name created 73 chances the the next best person only created uh 54 just yeah uh, a man among boys but i will say for ford Another name I want to give out, I think J.C. Banks is going to be important, but one familiar name that I think is going to also be important is Don Smart. And that's because while Ford has all these offensive players that can create and that can score, it always seems that Don Smart is involved in their goals. So when you look at their goal last week against Lansing, Don Smart is actually in his own half being Taking in that Lansing press, has his, he's facing his own goal and has three players on him. But because of his skill, he's actually able to get out of those three players, pass the ball in the middle. He gets fouled while doing it. But instead of giving up on the play, he gets up and he sprints. And then he gets downfield. And then the cross that later comes in actually goes to him to where he sets it up to J.C. Banks at the top of the box to finish. So had he not continued that run, had he not pressed that run forward, it would have never have happened because nobody would have been there on the other side to collect that cross. So he's someone where, whether it's PKs, whether it's goal scoring, whether it's assists, anytime you look at Ford's stat sheet, he's a part of that. 
He's a part of the process. It's never one of those things to where he wasn't a part of it. Even if he's the one that set that MLS assist where he had the first pass that then went to an assist. Um, and he's just been consistent all year. I think when you have that many players playing different positions, sometimes, you know, you, you find someone like, okay, well, who's going to score for us? You know, you start questioning who's going to be our offensive pivot. And every time they have uh, Don Smart's answered. Championship coaches love that kind of thing. So that's if he can handle defending 1v1 um, and on the next level, then I think that sounds like someone with a lot of potential for that. Uh, I think the only thing I wanted to fit in was uh, that Ira, I, I read your article that you wrote. I don't know if you dropped that hint yet, but um, my favorite thing about it was a really small part was uh, kind of North Texas versus forward Madison. Um, talking about how Madison is just like a more of a veteran team versus a two team full of young kids and how they might be able to play mind games and, and battle them in that way. And I think that's totally a thing. And it is something that we kind of overlook when we talk about two teams in, in our leagues. I think that's kind of one of the cool aspects of it. Yeah. And I think that that is something that has worked in favor of the teams that have beaten uh, North Texas. So if you go back and you look at um, and you look at, at both forward Greenville and Lansing have all beaten North Texas and scored four goals against North Texas. And they're the, they're the only teams to have done that. Um, and part of the way that that's happened is that, you know, you can just see this little banter going on between like a center back and like Otoro Rodriguez. And, and then the guy gets, you know, nudged a little bit by, you know, someone who's 10 years older than him and they get flustered. And it, once they do it, you know, they lose their rhythm and North Texas needs that rhythm, the passing rhythm in their game in order to stay effective. Otherwise they kind of fall apart and, and don't get the chances that they need because they do concede a fair number of goals. They're not a, they're not a, a very defensive team. You know, they, they win a lot of games like three to two. I think we call that in the championship. We call that the Andrew Carlton. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes hmm. sense. Um, well then not being able to play, I thought was called the Andrew Carlton. Hey, there you go. <laughs> no, you can get on the field. <laughs> well, now he can, cause he's in USL championship. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I think we should close up with maybe prediction. It's only two games, so it should be easy to hit everyone. I think Evan, our Evan, the other Evan pony has some things to say um, before we. Yes, get please keep with this. calling him the other Evan. There's <laughs> the reason I use this name. It's because it's Evan, Evan, and yes, that's the Evan was too confusing. To You're like, let's make things easier for everybody. If I just, yeah, you know. yeah, I just don't trust North Texas. I mean, looking at the last six games against the other playoff teams, they have one win, one draw, four losses. I mean, they. They beat the bad teams, but they don't beat the good teams. And I don't think in the playoffs you could really trust someone who can't beat the good teams, at least at this rate. I mean, I have Madison winning that game in my bracket. I mean, it wouldn't stun me if North Texas won, but the last time they beat a team who is actually any good would be back in week 13 when they won at home against Lansing. That's half a season ago. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. So who would you predict on the other game? Uh, I In my bracket, I put Lansing beats Madison 1-0 as a rematch of the last game of the season. Aha. All right. Let's move to Jason. What do you think? So I can't give you guys my predictions yet wow. because uh, if you guys go 
and follow the articles that happen on the USL League One site, you'll see that I have something coming later this week that will show those predictions. Hey, so, mm. yeah, I'm going to go ahead and plug that. But I can't, you know, I can't come on here without bringing some kind of a spicy take, though, right? So let me go ahead, and, and I will say this. Both He's going to say, like, Geno's is the best cheese steak place in Philly. I'm going to lose my no, mind. That's <laughs> absolutely not. Come on now. No. I, I thought, I thought the best you, place was in Camden anyway. No, not, not that no. either. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is it, Evan? Oh, it's Jim's on South. Not not that either. Anyway, uh, so you cheese was eating. So no, it's provolone. Our Jim's provolone? Okay, I'll give Jim provolone, but it's still not. But I will say both of these games are going in the extra time, and both of these games are going to be decided by crosses. One thing that you need to watch for with North Texas, if they have an Achilles heel, it's that they're not great at marking crosses. They let set pieces go and crosses happen in four of their last five games now that it will happen in goals. And so it's one of those things where it might be an experienced back line. It might be a physicality thing, but they're not that great at, uh, tracking and when you look at Ford you've got players like JC Banks who can get up there and score headers you've got Don Smart you've got on set pieces Connor Tobin and Omsberg who are taller and you know more physical and can sit there and, and head those balls in so I would watch that and also Greenville has been kind of iffy when it comes to set pieces and marking as well so in the game against Toronto a couple weeks ago they let uh, Ramos Mingo score a header they've been doing that a lot in the second half of the season and when you look at Lance they have a striker up top, uh, Pato, who is a beast in the air, has no problem finishing those. And so I think that, you know, if you want a couple of takes, I think that Pato is getting a header. And I think that North Texas is definitely giving up a crossing goal. I think that's a pretty safe bet, actually. Um, I'm nodding because that is like a youth sort of thing to do, actually, in my opinion. But uh, Evan, do you want to you want to drop a prediction? Uh, yeah, um, I really like North Texas and I like what they're doing. And I think FC Dallas is only going to benefit from that existing. That being said, um, Wyatt Omsberg, and I'm going to say more so Connor Tobin, who has taken to, uh, the Madison, Wisconsin area, like, uh, I don't know, pink lawn flamingos have taken to. Twitter, um, in a good way. I don't. That was decent. I give you. You, you can thank you. Thank you. That was decent. Thank you. Thank you. Still horrible uh, cheesesteak. Uh, yeah. Well, whatever, man. I you moved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, you know, Connor Tobin seems to to really like and and get the fan base there, or just really enjoys drinking after he's done finishing soccer. Who knows? And. Um, I think there's something to be said for experience in the playoffs. Um, and I know coming from someone that watched Bethlehem Steel beat the Pittsburgh Riverhounds uh, in penalties last year with a relatively unexperienced side, that's going to sound funny. But I think I think forward Madison uh, can use their, their age uh, to echo a lot of people's thoughts here um, and, and beat North Texas. And then on the other side of things, I Lansing's been – undeniable at times this season um and i don't know if that changes so wait did you just did you just crown yourself the north texas king and then 
say that they're gonna lose. Yeah, I'm just, I can. I'm I just can confirming. Why? Por qué no los dos, man? Because you're okay. So you're the conductor of this train, and you're yeah. gonna crash it. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Just making sure that's what's happening exactly. right now. That's an Evan kind of move, to be honest. I like it. <laughs> uh, Ryan, how about you? Strongest, right? <laughs> well, it's interesting. So from the uh, ELO ratings that I have currently have, I predict that North Texas is at a 61.7% chance to win an over Ford Madison versus Ford Madison 38.3. But when North Texas and Ford Madison played each other in the season, they've played each other four times and they each split with two wins, each eats at their own home facility. But the last two times they've played each other has been up at four has been up in Madison and Madison has won each of those occurrences most recently on be, September 22nd. Be careful. Be careful about the, that last one because North Texas had a very heavily rotated lineup in the last game up in up in Madison. Like like six starters not starting. That is certainly fair. And Ford Madison had only won one nil on that one, so I definitely have to give you props on that one, Ira. But eh, I'm, I will go contrarian here, and I will say I think North Texas gets the job done. Just to at least a team that was good all throughout the season. That granted, over bad teams, I'm just I feel like having a contrarian pick here would actually benefit the pod well. So I'll pick North Texas. I'll back North Texas in this one. And then I think it's just undeniable how well Lansing has done this year. Uh, slightly less of a favorite over Greenville per my ELO ratings are at 59.2 versus Greenville's 40.8. But like we had mentioned earlier on the pod, since those two teams last met, Lansing has only lost twice. And including that was only one of them was the final game of the year. I think it's going to be undeniable that Lansing will probably overpower Greenville here. And it wouldn't surprise me if Lansing would lift the cup this season. One thing to add, Greenville had the opportunity to host the semifinal in the last game of the year. Um, Lansing lost last week, which meant if Greenville would have beat Tormenta, who prior to that game had went, what, two months without winning a game, Ira? They, they Yeah, so the last time that they won was... Yeah, I think that's right. It was yeah. sometime in July. Yeah. So twenty fourth, four one of Orlando City B. Yeah. So they had every opportunity to host this and Tormenta came out there and upset them, got the job done. So that's something to, you know, if, if Greenville doesn't pull it off, it, it, you can look at that and say, you know, had this been in Greenville, it's a completely different game. Like DC United playing their way out of a home playoff game against a nine man FC Cincinnati. I I Bet Greenville would score before DC United, though, because that <laughs> that was embarrassing. Ira, why don't you take us home, man? Okay, so I actually am going to take a cop out and pick both higher seeds in both matches, um, even I, though I do think that both of the yeah, f- fair enough. I, I do think that both of the underdogs uh, could potentially win. I think they both have the ability to, uh, it, primarily because home field matters quite a lot. And I think for Lansing in particular, so I would actually I would actually say that Lansing probably has a greater chance of defeating Greenville than North Texas does of Madison. If I had to put odds on it, uh, you know, Lansing is um, eight two and four at home, and the fact is is that they know that field very well, and Greenville hasn't played on that kind of baseball field where, where Lansing plays. So, uh, so I, I give that to Lansing. And on the other side, I, you know, we make fun of North Texas, the fact that it's, and, and a lot of the two teams for not having big crowds. Mm-hmm. But I think given that this is the playoffs, they're doing media and marketing. There's no FC Dallas game this weekend and, uh, you know, home or away that I do think that the, uh, um, 
I do think that the third degree is going to come out and there's going to be, you know, more supporters than North Texas usually has. And it's going to be a more interesting atmosphere and props to forward Madison, by the way, because forward Madison is going to pay for anyone who attends from forward Madison to attend this uh, semifinal. So they'll actually buy your ticket. Now you obviously have to get there and pay for your hotel and everything sure, else, sure. but, but they'll, uh, they'll pay the 10 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever it is for the ticket. Easy enough. New Mexico made it work, so yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Um, that's good, uh, fellas. Are you you hang around? You're gonna head out. What's the plan? I need to head out, but you know, thanks for having us on. And you know, there's there's a lot of soccer on th- these weekends, but there's no MLS, and the U.S. game is on Friday night. So watch these games on Saturday. Yeah, good yeah. plug. Check those boys out at League One Fun, the the podcast. You can find it on Twitter, League Number One, and then Fun. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, thank you, guys. Arturo Rodriguez, MVP, best cheese steaks in Philly, is at 600 Wendover Street. I'll wow. fight all of y'all. I will fight all of y'all. Wow. Good night, America. Good night, America. <laughs> <laughs> He'd drop his mic, but I think it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, especially for Jason. <laughs> Harder to afford that at a marketer's salary. <laughs> On a journalist marketer's salary. Thank you very much. That's even harder. I heard Jason was selling Advocare last week. I don't know what happened with that, but <clears throat> anyway, now that they're gone, I mean they're not, but now that they've they've signed off, there we gone, go. There, it's totally the same thing. Boys, the uh, the championship is uh, sorting itself out here a little bit. Going to be on it. Well, at least one half of the championship is sorting itself <laughs> out here a little bit now that I've looked at the X's by the Western Conference teams. Uh, let's start with the East. Uh, actually, no. You know what? Let's start with something else. Uh, Phil, I don't know if you know, but the USL Championship knows. Uh, more importantly, a friend of the show, uh, John Arlia, knows. There is, in fact, two defenders that might be Ironman this year. Iron Man, really? Iron Man, and one of them is yours. Oh, it's got to be Fanwell Cavita. It it is. Oh my it's gosh, fact. he's the a other monster. one. San Antonio FC defender Kai Green have played every regular minute. Uh, every regular minute. Yep they they haven't played any of the bonus minutes that they give out, but uh, they played all the regular ones. Every regular season minute so far, uh, going into the final two weeks of the campaign. So crazy. Two two thousand seven hundred and ninety minutes of soccer for both these gentlemen. Uh, yeah. It's not the first time St. Louis has had a center back be an Ironman. Uh, Sam Fink did it, I think, in the, his first season with St. Louis. Kavita averaged, uh, put up more than 2,500 last year in yeah. 2018. I'm so. not at all surprised. They're good. And they hold, they don't get injured. That's been the most amazing thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's all. It's always a very interesting stat for me. Um, <laughs> I know, uh, Keegan Rosenberry for the Colorado Rapids just did it again. Um, I think he did it his rookie season with the Union. And it's just, I think more so than being consistent on the field, it's taking care of yourself to that level that's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, something I like to point out because that's ridiculous. Glad you did. I uh, thought it was pretty cool. That those guys are able to go like that at a high level too. Uh, week in, week out, literally, all the time. Anyway, that being said, um, games were played. Things happened in the standings. 
the East is basically sorted out now. There's, in fact, uh, two playoff spots for four teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, St. Louis and Birmingham currently occupy those spots with Charleston and Memphis fighting for them. I'd honestly say it's down to just three teams. Memphis, yeah, Memphis is at 34. At this point, been dead for like two weeks. It's one of those that are still mathematically eligible, but it's really down to St. Louis, Birmingham, or Charleston. Mm. And even then, Charleston still has to make up uh, two games in the tiebreaker to get to uh, 11 wins. Yeah, it, to actually show them all three teams tied with the same point total at the end of the season right now. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it came down to being that close. I think as a St. Louis fan, we were hoping we could bounce up another place and catch up with Ottawa and they keep faltering. But I know mm. in that last game, it was Charleston versus Birmingham. Interestingly enough, that was a nice story. Um, but I think we were rooting for Charleston to win because they have a pretty tough schedule for the rest of the season in the last game or two, I think. St. Louis has to win out if they want to tie Ottawa. Uh-huh. And that's all they could do is just tie. Yeah, and that's hard to believe. Um, though they could yeah. do it, I could see them pulling it off. But you know, it's just not been going well. They're they're pulling kind of what Greenville does, where they just can't. Charleston's score. schedule is not as difficult as yeah, you it's wanted. one of the easiest final three yeah, it's, to have. I think they pushed off a lot of the ones. Sorry, that were I was thinking of to get made up here. I was thinking of Birmingham. They're playing the Red Bulls yep. and Pittsburgh Riverhounds. That's who I was. They're home for both those games, though. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, you got to think the Hounds are going to rest on the 20th. That's a good point. They don't need to. Although they're still pushing for being the number one seed. Yeah, but they'll still get a home game. I guess more of if you want to have home fuel throughout the playoffs. Yeah. Well, that's a it's a big event. Playoffs that is because uh, Phoenix out in the West is untouchable, but Pittsburgh is currently the only team currently occupying a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference that is unbeaten in their last five. They're also unbeaten at home. I think they have to go full force for that number one seed. Yeah, that's right. Wouldn't that be a story? Makes all the difference. Oh, so uh, St. Louis cannot catch up with Ottawa, actually. Sorry about that. That's all right. So it's okay. Go. I think they're in the playoffs, so that's that's yeah. good. I think but, they, can't they, though? They are only nine points back with three matches remaining. If they win out, they'd get to at least be tied on wins, and then it'd just be down oh, goal difference. Sorry, it would uh, only be if Ottawa were to gain any more points. So they'd have to lose out. To teams that are both eliminated and not playing very well. Mm, and yeah. I've just seen both of those teams uh, two days ago. So, uh, yeah, Phil, I don't. I think it's 9 or 10 for St. Louis. I think so, at best. No, no it'll be 9 or 10. Okay. I'll yeah, I it. think it's St. Louis and Charleston. Yeah. I would definitely take it at this point. That props to Legion, though. I mean, you have Chandler Hoffman get injured at early part of the year, and... And many would think the season would be kaput, and now they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Dude, I just want to say that when J.J. Williams is playing for that team, they're just a different monster. That guy's mm. so good. I He might be better than Hoffman, although I think Hoffman draws defenders more than... And Hoffman has the experience. Too. That too, yeah. It always hurts to lose your captain, regardless of yes. position or team. Yeah, that midseason form is going to kill Birmingham. They had a streak where they had... 
zero wins, three draws, and eight losses. And that mm. ruined him. Mm. I mean, of all the teams currently occupying a playoff spot, 13 losses is the most. And Charleston only has nine. Uh, oh, I'll, or at least also, in the East, in the East, that is. Yeah. Um, just a, a really um, two really quick side rants. One, um, uh, sorry, uh, two really quick side rants in, in regards to uh, the Bethlehem uh, Charlotte game on Sunday because I know everybody cares. One, I don't care if you're a bad official, just be consistent for the love of God. Um, two, uh, Bethlehem are like a team of. Uh, individuals, it feels like hmm. it's very strange. It's very the, strange. Uh, has the rotation been pretty heavy as far as moving kids in like, and out? Yeah, um, and I, I, a part of that is is because a lot of the the guys that are in their first eleven are youth internationals. So like Bizo, Shivani Wills is actually just a, a, a first team for Jamaican or for Jamaica. I can't talk. Um, and like Matt Freeze obviously has been getting a lot of USMNT call-ups. Um, but I just I, like part of it and, and I, you know, I've said this before, I think, but like you take those 24, 23 year olds out that are like playing for MLS deals or, or whatever. And like, I think you lose some of the drive to win hmm. uh, and knowing uh, a couple people over there uh, as well as I do that uh, stings a little bit. Things that that Irish persistence. Well, and I mean, you know, Brendan hates losing. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, to be fair, I, I mean, I think everyone on that team hates losing. Uh, but for the for the eighteen year olds or the sixteen year olds, it's a little different when you're just focusing on developing. Yep. And when you understand that, okay, I have a year or two to figure this out and to get reps at a high level, compared to you know James, who's 31 uh and you know like clearly i think now this is his last stop um and and for brendan obviously who's had like weird amounts of success as a coach and like that was a playoff team two years running and they got a win until they got smacked by louisville which i mean anyone would have done um yeah so it's interesting it's interesting. I, I just I'm very much of the of the of the train of thought that um, winning is also a big part of development, because like we've seen with Orlando City at both levels, if you have a losing culture, it's just not going to work. Yeah, and actually, if you want to point it to um, if the senior team's doing badly, then this, the two team, it seems yeah. like that is a thing with sporting Kansas city and Swope. Um, they've Swope was uncharacteristically terrible this year. So Loudon's been hot and cold. Like the first team That's Atlanta true. United two has been better. Um, then you have a team like the Seattle Sounders and Tacoma, I mean, right? Tacoma who's angling towards being the wooden spoon in Seattle ended up with the two seed out West. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, Los Dos are above the line. Orange County's up there. Real Monarchs are consistent. And then you have FC Dallas with uh, North Texas, who we spoke right. the first half of the show, who FC Dallas barely squeaks into the playoffs, and North Texas runs away with the regular season. Yeah. Anyway, um, should we uh, should we move out west then, I suppose? 
Let's do it. It opens up a lot here, right? You have uh, you have a, a Z next to Phoenix Rising, <laughs> so they're they're clearly going to be okay. Well, it opens up for one spot and then it shrinks back down. Yeah, yeah, it's really open way at the top up there. Number one is clearly Phoenix, and I think that was inevitable. Um, um you know, a couple months ago, but uh, two and three is going to jockey back and forth between Fresno and Reno. I feel confident that it's pretty much going to it's pretty much going to be Fresno or Reno in second or third. Yeah, edge to Fresno currently. Yeah, I mean Fresno's trying to give it away, but Reno's not accepting the second seed for some reason. They feel bad. Um, yeah, and then uh, Sac Rep in fourth, Orange County in fifth. Then things get interesting. Those are the teams that have clinched one through five. So Phoenix, Fresno, Reno, uh, Sacramento Republic, Orange County, all clinched. It's a really good time to be in the Southwest, apparently, in the Western Conference. Um, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, which right now are Real Monarchs, Austin Bowl, Del Paso, Locomotive, LA Galaxy 2, and as of today, New Mexico United. Um, there's a lot of room for change here, I suppose, with Reno, Austin, and El Paso all on 46 points. And if you look a tiny bit outside of the teams that are still currently alive, you have San Antonio in 11th, Las Vegas in 12th, Timbers 2 in 13th, and OKC in 14th. That's only separated between uh, with Timbers 2 and OKC at 38 points. They're only four points away from New Mexico, who's hit in 10th with 42. And San Antonio and Las Vegas are a point back. A whole lot could change in the final, it could. final it could. week, two weeks. That's at least showing my projections. One thing that's interesting is I have both uh, Vegas and Portland as technically eliminated, where my projection puts them below where they're supposed to be right now. Where I I think they need almost a miracle to make it. Hmm. Yeah. New Mexico is a weird one. I. I their remaining schedule is not bad at all. They got Tulsa, they've got Tacoma, they've got Vegas. Tacoma and Vegas are both at home. So I, I think I think they deserve to be in in a way. Um and, and I think they will be. Um I I I think man, but they're really vulnerable. And and I don't know about Los Dos. <laughs> like <laughs> How could you? Uh, man, like I, I, I don't know. Like San Antonio is a weird legacy. Like I, it would be weird to not have them in a postseason, but at the same time, like I, I don't know. Well, don't this know. isn't their year, so no. it's, it hasn't been for sure. I um, kind of want the top ten to just stay the way you know, be the teams that are up there. I think those yeah, are I'd, pretty fair. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with New Mexico, like. I, mm, I, I, like, thing, I was going to say my big thing is I don't want Los Dos to go in there with a negative goal differential something yeah. that's also at risk for New Mexico, El Paso, and Austin Bold if they collapse in the remaining games. That's a good point. I, I do think I agree with you, though, Evan, what you were basically saying when I countered it was Los Dos and San Antonio. I think, you know, for whatever historical reasons we have in the USL, that would be a nice one to switch back out. Yeah, and then like I really like New like I think New Mexico is kind of sneaky if they make it in the nine. Um, totally, because they'd be a way to Fresno, right? They'd El be a way Paso. to Fresno. 
El Paso? I think so. Yeah, I have yeah, I have El New Mexico it's nine playing at El Paso eight. Yeah. And they certainly can do it. All the teams that are remaining on New Mexico's schedule are outside of the playoffs, and two of them are currently eliminated with Tacoma and Tulsa eliminated in Las Vegas, just still waiting to, on the outside. I, I will say that playing a two-team like late in the season like that is tricky. Yes. Because uh, those guys... see Montreal a couple years ago. Oh, There's right. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, a lot of those guys are playing for contracts. Well, not necessarily with that organization. I mean, maybe, who knows? Uh, I'm not plugged into the, the, the Sounders organization like that. But, you know, they're still playing for a spot next year. I think another team worth pointing out is uh, Real Monarchs, who I think will likely be into the playoffs, but their remaining schedule, oh, they have three games. So they basically have a game in hand over most of the conference because they've only played 32 in their four remaining games. Three of them are against teams who have already clinched. They host Orange County, go on the road at Phoenix, and then they finish up the season against Sacramento. And in between that Phoenix and Sacramento match is them hosting Austin Bold, another team currently occupying a playoff spot. Hmm. Yeah, that's some schedule crunch too. They play the ninth, they play the twelfth, they play the sixteenth, they play the nineteenth. Um, the attrition will certainly get to them, but it also points out that if things break the correct way, they could very well end up in the fourth seed. Did RSL make the playoffs? Yes, they have. I guess their playoff roster has been set for a long time, though, hasn't it? RSL yeah. is going to be the three seed of the playoffs. You know, yeah, I just. Gonna- uh, Portland Timbers on Saturday. I just or Saturday remembered, 19th, October 19th, that is. I just remembered Swope Park always used to send down a whole bunch of SKC people for the last bit of the season in the playoffs. I'm yeah. so glad that's not a thing this year. Yeah, be, Go ahead. It'll be nice. Like I, I, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like if, if RSL uh, won sends down a bunch of people to Real Monarchs. Like, that's a weird thing to do. Right. The thing is with that RSL match is they basically have, on the 19th is their first-round match against Portland Timbers 2. That's a 10 p.m. kick Eastern Eastern time. And uh, Real Monarchs playing at home on that same day at basically 3 p.m. Eastern time. So the Monarchs will be the early game of both of those teams and their organization hosting. Organization I hosting. I hope they make that free. Although they don't play them at the same stadium. That's true. I still hope they make it. Like, it's like, oh, if you have a ticket for the, the big club, we'll let you into the, you know. Oh, the yeah. Union. Philly did that uh, this weekend with the steel game against Charlotte. It was the later match. And they're like, if you're around, just you'd hang out. Yeah. That's always nice. I like that. It also lets people see. And, and I know a lot of the clubs do that. But I, I like it, too, because it lets people see, um, you know, the next wave um and especially when when you know with some of those clubs playing in different locations it's nice just to kind of show off your talent coming up mm-hmm. you know it'd be interesting um real salt lake could send portillo down looks like he hasn't played with the monarchs this year but he could go down if he's on that right roster he hasn't gotten any minutes for rsl either so that's interesting does he have the USL game requirements? Oh, no, you have to play a certain amount of time, don't you? Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Never mind. No minutes in the USL or the or MLS this year. 
So it's been six games or my disappointment number out of nowhere. I think it's five. Six seems like a weird number to hit. Like, like it's just like uh, five. My head likes five a lot more than six is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Uh, But I don't know. It might be six. I don't know. That'd be goofy. Um, Hey, can we, uh, the ballot hasn't come out yet because we're not done with the season. And when it does, we should probably clear that we're allowed to talk about nominees <laughs> when, when the end of season ballot comes out. But I'd love to do an episode where we, uh, as a show, basically fill out our, our picks for, for USL championship. Uh, does anybody want to like have a crack at coach of the year right now? Or any, like any, any of the year end awards. So like player of the year, coach of the year, I think really you can just name yeah. me a category and say something. I'll probably roll with it. I think um, you know you know me in names, but I'm just going to list off some of the top contenders. I would say uh, the Phoenix coach, Derek Chance. Chance, mm-hmm. thank you. Yep. Tampa Bay Rowdies because they came from such a bad spot to where they are. Uh, it's your boy uh, Neil Collins. Neil Collins, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then I would say. Um, Bob Lilly. Bob Lilly. That's the one. It, it's um, honestly, it should be Chance or Lilly. Chance had the long winning streak with Phoenix earlier this year that set so many records and put Phoenix as probably the best team in USL history. But then you look at Bob Lilly, who's now made the playoffs for the 20th straight time in his career. And it's absolutely silly that he has not gotten a call up to be anywhere in MLS. He doesn't play attractive football, guys. Neither does Jose Mourinho. (laughs) But he's Portuguese, so people are like, oh, Jose, it makes sense. I don't know. I just, I like, and now, especially with O'Connor getting fired from a dysfunctional organization that doesn't know what they're doing. I think it's, that was part uh, dysfunctional, but I think that was also part that the new regime that came in at Orlando wanted to hire in their own guys. And well, yeah. it was easy enough to say well, you finished in 11th this year. It's enough justification for us to get our own people. No, no, no. I, I, I know. But it's, you certainly deserve more time and deserve the job. It was just more, I can understand it from the ownership point of view. I guess, but man, they haven't hit on anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they haven't had any like up, like positive direction changes. Honestly, 2015 for Orlando, that was their best season as a club ever. And that was their first year, and it's been downhill ever since. And it's it's a shame because it's basically a a great location. You have a great stadium. Love the color palette and design of the logo and everything. It's just nothing on the pitch works. I'm back to go a little bit contrary and say my coach of the year is Adam Smith out from Fresno. I mean, second-year team brought them from not man. being too great to being one of the best teams in the league. And like, now he might be out of a change. job or whatever next year. Yeah, and if he's out of a job because the team is maybe or maybe not existing, he's going to be one of the top prospects for all other USL teams. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, and we forget potential... Uh, I mean, it would. 
Would 17th to playoff be the biggest swing for a USL team? Like year over year? I know that's not probably something we could answer like straight off, but that's got to be up there, right? Yeah. Indy was pretty bad last year, right? But they weren't 17 bad. No, I think they were like 10th. They were like bubble team until the end. You're right. Uh, Anyway, all that to say, Alan Koch is back and, and, and that. That's that right. could be fun. We never did talk about that. We did it, not end up talking about that. Hi, everybody. Alan Koch is back in, in USL Championship with, uh, of all teams, Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Um, <laughs> Good luck, pal. He's got big shoes. I think he should have won Coach of the Year when he was back with Vancouver a few years back. He, yeah. yeah, they got the year the before he went to Cincy. He should have been Coach of the Year. Now, Alfonso Davies carried that team on his back. No, no, come on. I'm kidding. What? I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Like no, no. half kidding on this one. I like, yeah, he's a uh this is the argument that I have with people right now about Bob Bradley at LAFC, where it's like, yes, you have a generational talent. Um but like that's not the only part of that team. No, I'm totally joking. Alfonso wasn't even okay. that good with them. Hundred yeah, percent joking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, like my only hesitation with him in Colorado Sp- Springs, uh, is that they don't like really have an academy set up and that's his kind of bread and butter. I mean, I know they're a two team now, this, but well, ostensibly for uh, reference to back up Pony's point on Adam Smith, Fresno finished 12th in the Western conference last year with 39 points. Ironically, the same number of points that, uh, Colorado Springs switchbacks had also 39 mm. And now they've moved all the way up to second. In fact, last year in 2018, Fresno actually had was the only team outside of a playoff spot with a positive goal differential of plus six. All right, guys, calling it now. Heart in the trophy. Hartford Athletic is going to be in first first place in the Eastern next year. Ooh, I don't know, man. Just kidding. To be fair, um, only three of the USL one next year. I didn't know that. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> only three teams who missed the playoffs last season: North Carolina, Ottawa, and Tampa, uh, from the Eastern Conference. Now, currently, uh, have clinched playoff spots. Hmm. Well, I'd say that's the playoffs, boys. It's about to be, yeah. I'm excited for it to hit, happen. Still two weeks away. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I didn't realize we were the only ones in the that aren't in the playoffs. NWSL is in with a shout. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's strange. I'm okay with it. It's more fun to try to watch 12 games at once on a Saturday afternoon. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I there's There's got to be... Uh, there's got to be like a USL HQ war room, right? They should I mean, have, they should have us around, and we can just talk they absolute have like nonsense. A decision day goal rush that kind of occurred for uh, MLS decisions day uh, earlier this weekend. Although it took them a little bit to get it going, because every yeah. time they announce a goal would happen, they would flash over to the mats, and it would just be like a live look. And I was like, well, I kind of want to see the goal, not yeah. Restart. <laughs> The start. Here's everybody yeah. celebrating. And you're like, okay. Or not, not only that, it wasn't like everyone celebrating, but I was like, oh yeah, the goal happened two minutes ago. Here's play restarted. And they like, here, let's go check in and be like a throw in from Atlanta and New England. <laughs> but whenever a goal occurred in the uh, Chicago Orlando match, they wouldn't, they would just like mention it or like barely check in on it. I guess it was kind of hard to get excited about two non playoffs teams kind of yeah. slugging out in, in Chicago's last game that they're. Home in Bridgeview. I say the most shocking thing was that there'd be a goal in the Chicago versus Orlando. Mm. 
Hmm. Anyway, if uh, if USL is hosting a red zone and Mike Potts doesn't want to do it, uh, I have uh, enough lack of attention span that I think I'd be great for it. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a good match. It'd be a lot of fun, though. Even if they did it without us, I think it would still be pretty awesome. Even when they do it without right, us. Right, right. Someday it right. will happen, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, let us, uh, we should, we should eventually, we should try to do a, mm, is, mm, we should try to do a mailbag one of these weeks when we're still playing matches. We're overdue for that. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll do, uh, we'll do some end of the year voting. I'm mapping out our next like month of shows. This is exciting. I like it. Uh, let's do mailbag next week. Like let's really push to try to get questions, do mailbag next week. Let's do end of year voting things when that ballot hits, um, which should be right after the end of the season. And then we'll do, we'll do playoff previews sometime that week as well. Yeah. We have like four podcasts to do in the next 10 days, given the way this league's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We did say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could do. We could try to fit in some small ones. We'll work on it. We'll have one for the Wednesday afternoon playoff games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because why not Wednesday? For sure. MLS anyway. is for the conference semifinals and conference finals midweek. Yeah. Uh, hey y'all, if you want to like you know send us questions in advance of that mailbag, or just talk to us about playoffs or the end of the season. Or how your team did. Or if you want to know how much I've really been enjoying No Mean Soccer so I can give a rub to a friend of mine. Um, let us know at the USL Show on Twitter. Give us a follow. Say hi. We don't buy it, I promise.